This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. The pain, the passion, the podcast. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other mic, who I like to call Barry motherfucking D, is Barry. Finally back in his bath. Not finally, but he's back in his bathroom. Can I tell you, I am more comfortable being back here. I said it didn't bother me when we were together last week, but I am more comfortable. I'm more comfortable, too. So there you have it. There you have it. You you are where you belong, Barry. And I don't mean that in a bad... It sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> you are where you belong right now. And that is my bathroom. That's where you're at home. That's okay, Barry. Nobody can hear that ice jingling in your drink. <laughs> Barry just picked up a glass of whatever he's drinking, stopped in midair knowing that he was going to hear it from me for making all that noise. That's right, a little whiskey and lemonade. Interesting. It's always whiskey and whatever I have in the fridge. Is that good whiskey lemonade? It's all right. This is season two. Episode 50. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Russ from City of Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What's up, Axe? Summer League is here. You know what happens in Vegas, Barry? Do you know what happens in Vegas? Fucking stays in Vegas. Ignis Brasdakis is what happens in Vegas, Barry. Okay, you can go there too. <laughs> and it's supposed to stay in Vegas. Hopefully, what's going on with RJ Barrett stays in Vegas. Right, right. But hopefully, what's going on with Brasdakis does not stay in Vegas. Right. You know he's having some fun in Vegas with that hair. With the hair? Right. Yeah, I mean, that hairstyle he's got, he's up to no good off the court. Really? You don't get that sense? No. I, I, I could honestly say it never occurred to me anything about his hair. You don't look at his hair and think it's it, it's like a throwback to, the, to when we were in high school in the 90s? His acne's a throwback to high school in the 90s. <laughs> See, and I didn't know what we were going to talk about tonight, but it looks like we got things to talk about. There's plenty. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk a little bit about Vegas, talk a little bit about all that Kawhi drama that went down. Not drama, yes. but dude, what happened there? I what woke up one shock. morning. Finally, something that didn't leak and that like, you know, had been spoken about for weeks. It was a shock to everyone. Not Kawhi, Kawhi going to the Clippers, but but the Paul George trade. Dude, Kawhi is like the most inspiring basketball player on the court, off the court. The fact that he kept that all quiet, like you said. Yep, I agree. And everyone was saying the Clippers were out. It was the Lakers or the oh, Raptors. Thank you wake, God. Oh, you wake up one morning and somehow you know that either he or his team engineered that Paul George... To the Clippers trade. Yeah, and no wonder why it was taking so long, you know, for 
for it to drop where Kawhi was going to go because they had to work out all these details. I hate to say this, does but after all that went down, a lot of Knicks fans were saying that, like, sort of like, you know, the Knicks were right in getting out of the Kawhi thing early. Yeah, I and agree it, with that, though. I agree that they were right in getting out if they didn't think they had a chance. But they mainly didn't think they had a chance because they knew they weren't getting KD. But if Kawhi had the if Kawhi wanted to come here and he was able to just seems like he was just calling his friends, seeing who would want to go to the destination that he wanted to play in. I think it was pretty clear he wanted Paul. You, was it was it clear? Is that yeah? A, because is that a, because apparently like, like Chris, he even said like he a, even. Put, I'm sorry. Is that a Chris Broussard on? style guess right now, or are you? Or you no. heard something? No, I mean, because I didn't hear anything to the contrary, and I think by now we would have. I mean, it was he put it out to the Raptors organization that said, "Look, if you could get Paul George here, I'll stay here." But they didn't want to get rid of Pascal Siakam, and that's what the Thunder wanted. It's pretty unbelievable that two of the best two, probably the best two way players in the game, the best two two way players in the game on the same team. Yeah, and then they got Beverly, who's another you know elite defender. They're joining a team that had 48 wins last year. A great team. I mean, they're the favorites. And I you, love you put, the fact that... You put them that ahead of the Lakers now. I put them ahead of the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers starting five is pretty pretty damn good right now. You know, LeBron, you know, said he's changing positions to point guard, although he played 50% of his uh, games as point guard anyway, especially late in games. But, you know, he's at the point. You got Danny Green. You got Kuzma. You got... Anthony Davis, and he got Boogie Cousins. You know, we'll see if Boogie Cousins returns to, you know, close to what he used to be when he used to play with Davis. Did you say Boogie Cousins or Boogie Cousins? I hope I said Boogie Cousins. Did I think I the first boogie? time you said Boogie. <laughs> Good. Fuck him. <laughs> well, fuck the Lakers. Yeah, fuck the Lakers. So all this that went down with Kawhi and Paul George leaving OKC, and then everyone started talking about should the Knicks go after Russell Westbrook? Ugh. And I don't a lot like of, it. A lot of Knicks fans don't like you. They don't like... I mean, they like you. They don't like going after Westbrook. No. Um, a lot of local media don't want us to go after Westbrook. What do you like? You hear a bunch of national media saying maybe we should go after Westbrook. At first, when everyone started about, talking about Westbrook, I was like, eh, maybe. Depends what we give up. That's what I thought at first. Like, if we gave up a few picks... And maybe one young guy, I might go for it. But after thinking about it for like a few hours, I was like, no. We cannot keep shifting gears. No. Like every 10 minutes. It's not like we have another player or two that he's going to join and we're going to be the, the some amazing team. And and he's had guys like that in his team before and it led to nothing. I, And here's another thing. You know, obviously it's talent that counts and, and granted Westbrook is an unbelievable talent, but right now I like the personalities on this Knicks team. And to me, that goes a long way. Obviously I want to see a good product. I want to see great stuff on the court, but if I could get behind the guys that we have on our team and their personalities, I, I think that's fantastic. And then Westbrook, I don't like his personality. So do I really want that to mesh and maybe rub off in a negative way on this Knicks team, that factors in for me as well. Yeah, he's too he's too overwhelming of a personality, right? Yeah. He demands the ball way too much. And he's he's on the he's 31. Right. So what by the end of his contract he's gonna be 34. He's just too far he's too far off where we're going with this. This team, is this is know? not the move. I think some people thought maybe if we got Westbrook, then we could go after Giannis. 
when I mean, he's that, either a free agent and then those two together would be that, interesting. That is dominant, that that pair together, yes. But you can't think that far into the future. Like you said, we're already on our path. And even if this were December 15th when we had more options of what we can do to make that trade possible, I still wouldn't do it. You just can't constantly shift gears based on what happens in this crazy league. No, just I've come pick to grips. Away and go with it. <laughs> I have come to grips with the offseason that we have had and the team that is shaping up to be. I'm ready for like the start of our upswing right now. As little of a leap it may be from last year, I do feel that this is the start of the upswing. Of course, this part of you think that all these one year deals we basically got these two-year deals with the one-year team option does part of you think that the knicks only did that so they could sort of stock up some assets for a trade for a guy like bradley beal during the season i don't think it's only for that i think it gives you the flexibility to either keep them you know if they're going to be an integral part of your team or have the option to to get rid of them and that's what you want to do. You want to be flexible. And, you know, you're acquiring talent. You're acquiring prospects. What you do with them in the future is up to you. You know, so I don't think there's a, a, a right answer or a wrong answer. You don't know how, you know, the future is going to play out. And obviously, if something better comes along, at least now you're in a position to maybe grab at it. I really wonder if the Knicks, after this free agency and these past... You know, the past free agencies where we, we missed out on the big stars, if, they're, if they've given up with sort of waiting for that star to choose them, and now they're going in the other direction, which is obviously young, but also getting these guys on attractive one-year deals, because maybe they're thinking the only way they can get a star player is by trading for them mid-season. Um. I just think they might be giving up on waiting and waiting for star players to choose them. And you're going to be more in control if you have all these assets to give up, which it seems to me like they might be stockpiling. Because why Why else would they fill the roster out like this, Barry, with all these, deal, with all these really short-term deals? I know you said for flexibility, but they could have left some room to take back some bad contracts like, like if people have been saying they wanted them to take take back for to gain draft picks like the Nets have done the past few years? Like, what's the point of, of filling the roster out with all these guys? Well, look, this gives them the opportunity of player development. You know, it, gives, it lends them more time to develop the players that they want to where they don't, they're not beholden to these long contracts, right, that are going to be here, that they owe them something. This gives them, again, it's, it's all about flexibility, not just with what you're going to do with these assets, but flexibility, what you're going to do within the season. You know, you don't owe anybody anything on your team except to put the best product you think you can out there and to elevate everybody's game. Um, you know, and this year I do think is going to be different. You know, obviously this rebuild started two years ago, you know, um, but we still had all these, you know, contracts weighing us down. You know, you look at last year where the Knicks didn't give a shit if they lost games, right? They, they cared about player development. Losing games was ultimately going to put them in a better position to hopefully get a better pick. And what happened? We, lo we won 17 games last year. We ended up with a third pick, which is great. But you saw the number one pick and the number two pick go to mediocre teams that weren't tanking. This year will be different. Again, I think the free agents that they signed 
you can see where the Knicks are going. They, they want to be better. I think that tanking is out the window. This is year one. Forget two years ago was the start of the rebuild. To me, this is year one coming up. This is where the Knicks try to be as competitive as they can be. They try to win games. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, last year was the ground floor of the rebuild, right? The basement. This year, I agree with you. This year is they need to win as many games as they can. Yeah, and, and I'm not expecting... Even if it's 25. Exactly. I'm not expecting them to be in playoff contention, you know, because, I mean, everybody's got to play out of their skin for something like that to, to, to even happen. So I'm not looking for that. But yeah, like you said, if we get another 10, 15 wins under our belt, you start winning games... This is the start. And then the year after that, you build on that. The year after that, you build on that. So, This is the year where in the fourth quarter, you're putting in the players to give you the best chance to win. Yep. You're not necessarily putting Mitchell Robinson out there because he's developing and you want to give him minutes. I mean, we're, we're beyond that. You got to just go after the wins at this point. Because, you know, it pains me to say it, but the Nets were, you know, the Nets look better than the Knicks right now just because of the of the success they had last season. Before last season, they were basically the Knicks, you know? Yeah, at they some were, point, they, something changes. Something clicks. You know, guys get older. Guys mature. They've been in the league for a few years. They adjust, you know, and, and we hope that that's going to happen. I mean, you hear Dennis Smith Jr. talking about <laughs> how he's going to elevate his game. He wants to prove, you know, the type of player he believes he is. He thinks he's going to have a breakout year. And that's what you want to see. These are, You know, this is this, the third year a lot of times is see where you, is the year you start to see that change. By the way, do you know how long I've been fucking saying for the Knicks? At some point, things just are going to click. It's different, though. You know, <laughs> even again, even if we just close the our GMs, our owners just close their eyes and just pull rosters together out of the hat every summer. At some point, it's going to fucking work out. It never really does. <laughs> Look, even though we signed six free agents this off season. More than half the team are guys that have been with us, you know, going into their third year or less, and most of them have been with the Knicks. So it's a young core that we're actually keep holding on to. We're developing. It's different than it's been in the past. And, you know, you can't say yet, is it working or is it not working? Because, you know, we're coming off a 17-win season. But I think most of us are happy with the direction that this is, that this is gone. I mean, you want to you wanna think about, like, we're, we're, we're in the thick of it. I just read something today, and just reading it, I had to shake my head and, and, and think. Frank Nilakina's turning 21. <laughs> Frank Nilakina's turning 21, I think, in like another, yeah. like less than a month from now. Listen, I don't yeah. want to talk too much about Frank, but did you see it? I mean, have you seen his body? <laughs> Huge. I, you see that photo of him standing next to Dotson? I saw that. He looked like he was uh, had some height on him, yeah. He looks like he's... Four inches taller than Dotson and twice as wide. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, I, I got news for you. I don't think Frank Nelikina is going to be on this team much longer. I really don't. I've been saying it a play, long you time. Place a bet on, you want to place a bet on it? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, I you don't, were, if you were yep. going to place a bet on Frank Nelikina, where would you place that bet, Barry? So, again, we probably thought it would have happened by now, and it hasn't. But I bet you he is not a Nick at the start of the season. Are you not catching on to what I'm doing here, Barry? Nope. So if you were going to place a bet on Frank Nilakina. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, that was like the most, I thought we could do the most beautiful segue between us. 
<laughs> and and you failed. That would have been that would have been good. <laughs> Is I it don't gone? really want to place a bet on Frank Nilakina. No, Barry. Let's take this time to thank one of our wonderful sponsors. That's right. How's that? If you do feel the urge to bet, I'll tell you where to go. It's mybookie.ag. You know, Craig, it's hard to believe, but football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with a Hall of Fame game on August 1st. And soon, football, we're going to talk about football just for a minute. Because a lot of people bet on football. And soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. And that means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, my bookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle, mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable, MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints get their revenge for the terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship. Or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots win an unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? And if you deposit today, MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in $100, they'll give you $50. You put in $1,000, they'll give you $500. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today with promo code LIFE. At mybookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Whew. Oh, you, you got to take a break after that, Barry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we have to read that whole thing every time? Apparently. Oh, get some of that whiskey lemonade. Yep. You earned it. Mm. Mm. First two games of Summer League down. It's great having basketball back. I, dude, Even I, though I'm so e- excited. Like, on game day, I am so excited. Are you before the show started? You said you didn't really want to spend much time talking about Summer League. Cause it's just I know. Well, it's funny. That's the thing. I get so excited. Like, oh, the Knicks are playing. Tonight. And then like a quarter into the game, you know, I'm a little disinterested. And like, I realize like what's on the line, which is nothing. Yeah. And I was, feeling that, I was feeling that way in the middle of last night's game. I was like, this isn't real fucking basketball. I know. And, you know, I was sort of like, I was very disappointed. It looked like we were going to lose the first two because I was all like, you know, we got to win the Summer League Championship as the Knicks. We're the favorites. And I was like, what am I, who the fuck cares? I know. But you know what? It's been three months since you saw the Knicks play, and it's going to be like another three months before you see them play again. So it's like, yeah. I'm really excited to see it. <laughs> That's what I realized too after I was like, this isn't real. But, you know, when this ends, this is like the biggest tease because then we have to go back into just no basketball land yeah and there's like months. nothing no free agency nothing. no draft <laughs> just just training videos no because everyone gets so like everyone talks so much about how much these guys have improved how much better Knox looks or whoever and it's like not that much time has passed since the end of the season yeah that and like they're not even playing against a, like an NBA defense they haven't even gone through the big portion of their off season you know they're gonna make such improvements between now and the season you're not going to see that much. Of, I don't think you're going to see that much of a difference between last season and now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. But let's talk about the first two games. Let's start off with the guy everyone wanted to see. The guy who's like shooting six for 78. <laughs> six? He hasn't gotten six. <laughs> he had, what do you have, eight turnovers in the game against the Suns? Oh, RJ yeah, yeah. Bar- RJ Barrett. 
Are you are you getting nervous about RJ or are you thinking this is no. just fucking summer league? It's just fucking summer league. <laughs> I'm not getting nervous <laughs> at all. And you know, when you're a top pick like him, like I feel like you're doing more publicity and interviews than you are in the gym, you know? And you know, whether it's on him or not, like that he's got to get himself in the gym, you know. Again, it's been three months since he's played ball, like he said. I, I'm not nervous about it. The first game, I mean, I guess it carried into the second game too, but like the first game, it was clear to me that he was just like, it was not that the moment was too big for him. I feel like he was just pressing a lot. He was really pressing. You know, his shots were falling short. Um, I think he was looking to do too much. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a product of his his characteristics and his personality because I, I don't think that New York is too big for him and therefore how can summer league be too big for him? I just not I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's a big deal. You know, it's a long time between now and the start of the season. He's gonna get his feet wet. The NBA season is a long season. We know the talent is there. It's nothing to get worked up about. Yeah, I mean like you said, I think he's definitely pressing. And I think part of the problem is that he is trying so hard. And everyone wants him to look like, you know, the alpha dog out there, the lead guy on the court. But he's playing with Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier in that first game. These are all guys who are good and who are, I mean, I don't know, they're solid they to are. good NBA first, second year players. Yeah, they have a season and under he's their sharing, belt. he's sharing the court with them. So you can't expect him to look like worlds better than those guys out there. So yeah, he's probably pressing whenever he gets any opportunity. He was throwing the ball away a lot in the Suns game. No. Pretty sloppy, but late in the game when the Knicks were like down two, he had a nice, you know, he had a nice move inside in the paint, you know, drew some contact and got the bucket. Um his shot was I mean, I I think that when his shot starts falling more, he's going to look a lot better, right? Everyone looks like shit when their shot's not going in. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm not worried at all. I mean, did you see how Zion looked in the first game? I mean, he was totally out of shape. He had like four great, great dunks, right? But beyond that, his shot looked like garbage. Right, but he still was a dominant presence, you know, in the limited time he was in that game. He was impressive, but you could tell that he hasn't played a lot of basketball. Right. Did he look like Zion from Duke out there to you? I mean, there were flashes. Yeah, I, I felt like he was. I thought he lived up to the to the moment. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely better than RJ. But I'm saying for everyone thought. I mean, everyone knows that he's going to be like a a great talent Zion and change that franchise. He is at a much higher level than RJ Barrett. Zion did not blow me away the other night. Right. How many times was he blocked by either Kevin Knox or Mitchell Robinson? Right. That that's a great point. You know. He wasn't by far and above the best player on the court that night. Right. Um, so it's not that surprising that RJ is a little slow out of the gate. It's the, the first actual games he's played in months. Mitchell Robinson looks just like Mitchell Robinson. Ah, he looks better. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> just like I thought he would. He is so much fun to watch. And everyone got like Doris Burke was gushing over him. Yeah. We still have not seen a jump shot from him. No. No, not yet. <laughs> okay. And he is he is fouling a lot. Alonzo Trier looked great in that first game. He did. He looked solid. He had that uh what do you have, twenty four? 
He had that dunk during the earthquake, which is impressive. Right. <laughs> I saw someone's tweet that... Yeah, yeah, 21 points. Someone had this great tweet that, you know, he's the greatest of all time because he dunked during an earthquake. <laughs> but dude, Kevin Knox, I know I just said that it's hard to see a great improvement between the end of last season and Summer League, but Kevin Knox's jump shot. Well, I know, again, though, I mean, can we... Can we... Did it look Not like that at the end of last season, or is that just because it's going in right I now? I think it's because it's going in. I mean, he had a smooth jump shot pretty much all last season. Just some, you know, there was long stretches where it wasn't going in. But you don't, think his, you don't think his release looks much quicker in Summer League? I don't know. It does look nice. I'll give you that. <laughs> it does look smooth. But I feel like he had a nice-looking jumper last year, so I, I, can't, I can't front and say he didn't. Ignis Brasdakis. Yeah. Man, let's let's, he... let's 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 totally overreact to Brazdakis right <laughs> Here's what I'll say about Iggy. When he gets into MSG, he is going to eat that shit up. I mean, he was playing to the crowd in Vegas. So when he gets in front of his home crowd in MSG, it's going to be great. He is going to be a great guy off the bench. That's what I could tell you. Listen, I when I was watching these clips of him at Michigan, you saw all the 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 money signs he was doing after hitting threes. Yeah. The flexing. Yeah. You know, and we got fucking all of that in the second summer league game. Yeah. But he was doing offensively, dude. He was just so well-rounded. You know, his threes were he's knocking down the threes. He was driving to the basket, drawing contact, getting three-point plays. Yep. I mean, the there paint. were there were a lot of off-balance shots around the basket that were going in that I have to assume you know, we're lucky that they went in, you know, um, just like, like, and whether it was like a bank shot that went or whether it was something that rolled off the rim. They that were, went in. I don't think they were lucky, but they were tough, like hard nosed, like plays. Yeah. And, and, and everything went to his left, you know, which obviously other teams are going to pick up on rather quick and they're going to, you know, try to defend that a little bit better because he always goes to his left. He had that great dunk along the baseline. Oh yeah. That was great. Dude, I mean, he. I mean, little of everything. I didn't. I didn't notice that he was always going left, but he just he scored every which way. Yeah, right, right. Another one whose jump shot has been falling through both. And games. and he was clutch in that game. He had that games tying three pointer with like thirty yeah. sec- seconds yep. left. He went after it. He didn't shy away from it. He got open himself there. Yeah, I mean, just two games in. We don't want to. We don't want to blow him up for for. <laughs> A summer league game, but right. Let let him play against some NBA teams. <laughs> he was fun to watch with that hair and that acne. <laughs> he was fun to watch, <laughs> in spite of the hair and the acne. Guys, if you ever need to buy, I mean, I feel like we're overdoing it with the ads, but we have to do them. Yeah, it's only right? two. Guys, if you ever need to buy tickets to anything, use SeatGeek. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. I don't use SeatGeek all the time, neither does Barry, but you guys should. I say that we do every week, but it's a fucking lie, all right? (laughs) I'm just telling... You know what? I can't lie to our listeners anymore, Barry. (laughs) We don't use it, but you guys should, because if you use the promo code HARDNIXLIFE, all caps, no spaces... You will get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event, and we have the tickets. Dude, voicemails, you want to listen to some? Sure. Or do you want to talk about something else? Looks like you want to. (laughs) You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about mybookie.a. No, I'm just kidding. I want to talk about the Knicks team again this year. I want to talk about my (laughs) team. 
finally having a voice. I want to talk about the Knicks finally having an identity. Because you're oh, hearing shit. Quotes. You really do want to talk about something. I do want okay, to talk about something. Because you're getting these quotes from these players. And, I mean, if you want to tell me it's BS and it's just, you know, running at the mouth and they're just saying, you know, just saying what we want to hear. Uh, are we talking about believe. the 90s Knicks again? I'm talking about you know, all these guys. This is not the first time I've heard this going into a season. Okay. Well, listen. Give me, because, give me, let's hear the Julius Randle quote. Okay. The Julius Randle. We got dogs, man. Dudes who won't back down. A uh-huh. killer mentality. We have to get back to the old school. Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, all those guys. Toughness. That's the identity of our team. We don't back down from nobody. That fan base is starving for us to be competitive every night to win. I'm going to work my butt off. All right. I mean, it's a great quote, but I mean, we heard the same shit when like Joakim Noah was coming here. But I feel like all these guys are on the same page. Alfred Payton. Listen to what he said. Just sit back and watch, man. They'll grow to love this group of guys. It's totally natural to feel some type of way when you miss out on guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But I think they're going to grow to love this group. I feel we embody what New York basketball was about back in the day. Just being grimy, tough guys who play with a chip on their shoulder and have something to prove. I love that. So I love that they're all on the same page. I love that they got this chip on their shoulder. I got one more. Can we a, go new, for it? a new Nick. Bobby Portis. I'm a guy that brings it each and every day, comes in early, leaves late, works hard. I am the underdog. Everybody counted me out, and I kind of embrace that. Be like the enforcer a little bit. Hard fouls, nothing easy. Play hard and play smart as well. We're not trying to hurt anybody, but we do want teams to know when they come to play us that the Knicks are there. I love it. I love, and so you what, do you think? All, what do you think? These guys all went to fucking dinner and, and decided this is what they're going to do, or they just all believe this? I don't. I think they all fucking believe it. I think Otto, what is, uh, uh, Otto, I was going to say Otto Porter, Bobby Portis <laughs> is just still upset about the New York Post <laughs> picture of Bradley Beal that they use for him. Oh, yeah. And he's got an edge. <laughs> I did love Julius Randle's interview during the first Summer League game where he was wearing that, like, Dipset shirt. Am I supposed to know what Dipset is? You'd be cooler if you did. And then... (laughs) I don't know what that is. (laughs) And then he had that big earring. Did you see that? Like a a Mr. T-like earring. A dangly thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that reminded me of, like, the Anthony Mason days. Yeah. Dipset, dude, I think that's like like a rap group or something. Okay. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I was impressed. Somebody tell us. All right. What's up, guys? This is David down here in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and by the way, I did give you guys five stars. I just did that. So I'm going to leave a voicemail message. I should at least leave you guys five stars. You guys do a great job. Listen, um, everybody's killing the Knicks. I kind of, honestly, I didn't want to rant. I, if we would have gotten him, yeah, I would have justified it. Of course, we all would. But I believe in a lot that because we're the Knicks. So he's going to come back 32 years old and, and tear his Achilles again or something, you know. So I'd rather go the way we're going. I love the idea of getting young guys and short contracts. I don't expect to be a playoff team next year, but I expect a kick up, at least 30 wins, somewhere around there. Um, I like the way we're going already, man. The media, this is what's making me crazy. This is why I called. The media's already talking about Giannis in two years. Giannis in two years. Come on. 
The media does this all the time. They build this rainbow, then the Knicks fans start chasing it. When the, then when the Knicks don't get that player, the Knicks get blamed for it. They, and listen, the Knicks have their own issues. Trust me, we all know we have our own issues as, uh, as fans with that team. But enough of this nonsense, man. Keep building it. I kind of like this, this front office. They're doing it the right way. They're not doing nothing stupid. Keep building it. Be patient. Patient, of course, keep cap space. Because you never know. You want to build cap space. So maybe two years from now, you may have a, a, a free agent you want to pick up or something. But don't chase rainbows. Keep developing the team. I like where they're going, man. Sorry I was a little long-winded. It's my first time. Love you guys. Thanks a lot. And, um, yeah, everybody should give you guys your five stars. I agree. No chasing rainbows. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no chasing rainbows and un- fucking unicorns anymore. That's right. And that was long, David, but... Right, but a good message. And I feel like all Knicks <laughs> Passionate. fans... 99% of Knicks fans are on the same page here. Hey, guys. It's Philip from Rochester, New York. Um, what I'm upset about is that every time we get a free agent or a chance for a free agent, we seem like we always blow the team up just to try to get a free agent or an opportunity at it. I just hate the fact that we gave up Porzingis and just so we can have a chance. And there's nothing ever in hand. There's nothing ever guaranteed. So why are we always doing it, going for the guarantee? I know that there was some type of rumors, some type of thing going around saying that he was a cancer in a locker room. He had his issues. But could we maybe work it out? Maybe could we – was it that unsalvageable where we had to get rid of the guy just for a chance to get Kevin Durant? You know, that's what pisses me off. It's not – if. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving said they weren't coming, but we still had Kevin uh, Christopher Przingis. It would have been okay. Like, we would have just said, okay, we, we didn't get him, but now we can still build around this guy. We can maybe make some trades. Maybe we could dump some salary or something. But instead, we have Julius Randle instead of Przingis next year, and that's what kind of pisses me off. We, we gave away all these guys for that reason, to get these – you know, two superstars, but instead we have Randall and Gibson and, uh, you know, whatever we else we got. You know, that's what kind of is frustrating about that. We got to start all over again uh, for that. But um, I know I'm sorry going too long, but, uh, guys, it's, it's a hard next life, and do appreciate you taking my call. And uh, all right, man, you guys, please just keep our heads up because one day maybe it'll get better. Thanks. Look, everyone know everyone knows they're going long, Barry, but they still know, go long. Look, Chris Steps Przingis went into Steve Mills and Scott Perry's office and said he wanted to be traded. He walked in there with his brother and he wanted to be traded. It was the Knicks that had the wherewithal to have everything in place for when that day came, which they did. It wasn't only to clear space for Max Free Agents. You had to ship him out of there. And you attached him Hardaway Jr.'s contract. You left your 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 books wide open to do what you wanted to do, or at least have the flexibility to do what you want to do in this off season. You know, I don't care that they got rid of Porzingis. You want to keep him on the team when he, when he doesn't want to be there and he's going to start mouthing off to the media like Anthony Davis did about, you know, demanding a trade and saying, these are the teams I want to go play for. The Knicks didn't even grant him that putting him on a team that he wanted to go to. Listen, to play devil's advocate, I mean, I, I think we did make the right move by trading Porzingis, but we could have. Did we have to listen to his trade demand? But that's the whole thing. I mean, you didn't trade him to... He, Dallas wasn't on his list of where he wanted to be traded to. 
couldn't we have said to him, like, all right, we understand you want to be traded, but we're not ready to trade you right now. It's not in our best interest. So you just sit you sit tight for the rest of the season. You know, we want to keep you, even though you're unhappy right now. You're such a great talent. We would we would prefer to keep you. Just sit tight for the season, see what we do in the offseason, and then decide if you want to be here. There's no reason to trade you at this point in the season. There really wasn't much of a reason. All right. Now, are you playing right. devil's advocate, or do you believe that? Well, I've been... People have mentioned this to me, that they they share that same frustra- frustration that Philip had. Like, why would we be in such a rush to deal him? Okay, he wanted to be dealt. Who give, Who gives a shit that he wanted to be dealt? Did Scott Perry and Steve Mills just react too quickly? Is Porzingis going to be at his most valuable when you're trading him and he's still like almost a year away from playing? Or is he better off being dealt in the offseason when, when he can return this season? He's more valuable now probably than he was February. So is he more valuable now that he's about to return or back then? Right. Could they have gotten more for him now? The thing is that they, they really thought they were getting, they thought they needed to clear space. I think we all forget that that was really the reason they were in a rush to deal him. They saw an opportunity to get rid of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract. I still thought it was the right move, but I'm just saying in hindsight, it does look a little stupid now. <sighs> they didn't have to get rid of him. They could have really held on to him to get as much as they possibly could for him. But they were really in a rush to get rid of him for for KD and one other superstar, right? Yeah. That was really the primary reason. And yeah, now that we didn't get those two superstars, it does look not as great as it did back then. But I still think we got good value for him, for a guy who we don't know how he's going to come back. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the picks that we got, and you got a rising star in Dennis Smith Jr., it's not right. awful. Right. Are we are the Knicks sold on Dennis Smith Jr. as their point guard? I don't know. They just got Alfred Payton. That's right. You're gonna have a big battle right there. You know, we don't know how that's gonna spot. play out. Dennis Smith Jr. is but dude, supposedly out but there dude, training with Chris Paul right now. But have dude, that? look at the point guard battle that you're looking at going into this season compared to last year. I mean, now it's between Dennis Smith Jr. Much and Alfred Payton. <laughs> Much better. Year. It was Emmanuel Moutier, Frank Nelakina, and Trey Burke. I mean, come on, that, that, that's got to give you something good. I mean, you don't have an all-star point guard, but you've got two young point guards that are potential all-stars in the future. Much more interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're, two, they're also two totally different yeah. kinds of point guards. I'm excited. I mean, I saw great flashes of Dennis Smith Jr. last season. So I'm excited to see what he's done with his jump shot. Everyone's talking about that. Yeah, that could be huge. He's working with Chris Paul in Vegas, apparently. Yeah. The guy who the Knicks didn't want from the Rockets is for some reason being a bit of a mentor to DSJ. That'll be interesting. But yeah, like you said, it's a much better point guard uh, position than last year. Amazingly, Frank doesn't even seem like he's part of the picture at point now. <laughs> I'm telling you, those quotes I just read, like Frank Nilekina, uh, I guess it was Sunday night at the Summer League game. I'm telling you, I was reading that like, this guy's not going to be a Nick. Like, he's like hanging on, you know, to, to, to be. I think the fucking Knicks organization is trying to like get their jerseys back from him already. So you're not going to need these, buddy. You don't think he'll be here for next season? don't i do somehow think he's gonna hold on 
I mean, I, I'd be fine with it if he if he is. You know, why not give him an, <laughs> one more year? What what is the fucking point of trading him right now? <laughs> Just see oh no, what he his has. stock is fucking low. Just see what he has in yeah. the, in training camp and to start the season. His stock is low. It can only go up. Do please, Knicks, do not fucking trade him now. Dead man walking. Dead man walking. That's what I'm gonna hear whenever I see him uh, coming up to the scores table to sub in. Yeah, just wanted. Uh, this is Ken from New Jersey. You were talking about the summer league. I'm. Uh, I know it's only a couple of games, but I'm pretty stunned by uh, the lack of athleticism and uh, speed from R.J. Barrett. Um, it wasn't as evident at Duke, but um, he sucked the last first two games in uh, every aspect of uh, the game. Uh, his shooting, uh, his passing, his defense, his foul shooting he wasn't even close. Um, you know, I, I had a bad night last night. You know, I lost a lot of hope. I, I know it's only a couple of summer league games, but uh, um, I just didn't see anything. He doesn't do anything great. I didn't see any anything elite uh, or a chance for him to be an elite player. Oh, come on. What are you going to say? <laughs> what, what, what am I going to say? You're talking about his Ever talking about his foul shooting? His foul shooting's not up to par. Come on. He, he pulled the wool over everybody's eyes that whole freshman year at Duke. We're going to wipe away his, yeah, his high school, his, his year at Duke, his 21 points a game at Duke, or 23 or whatever it was. Setting a freshman record. The fact that he was before this season, he was the projected number one overall pick. He's fucking Mr. Canada. We're not going to argue with you that you know he's ha- that he's looked bad. I was gonna say that he hasn't looked yeah. good, but I will say we're not gonna argue bad. that he's had two. He's had two fucking bad games. It happens. But I'm not turning my back on our number three pick. Some fucking people are convinced that R.J. Barrett is nothing. He sucks because <laughs> of two games. I know you saw the same thing last year with Trey Young in summer league. You know you've even seen it with stars like LeBron in summer league. You know this shit happens. Dude, Again, four, more, four of those shots go in, and you're talking a totally different story. Just calm down. <laughs> you didn't see anything? There was nothing? He kept shooting. That's something. That is something. He can crawl into a hole. I mean, I was, I was honestly, I know that it's, this is like really grasping at straws, but I was impressed that being whatever he was, what was he? What, what did he finish last night, Barry? Five for was, I thought, well, I thought it was 15? Like I thought it was like three for 15. But even that he was shooting so bad when the Knicks were down two with like a minute left, he decided to take it into the hole and try and get a bucket for them when they needed one. That shows me something. I mean, come on. He was how many rebounds did he have? Ten. He had ten rebounds. Okay, you just Ken from New Jersey. You just said his rebounding sucked. He had ten rebounds in how many minutes, Barry? He played thirty-one minutes. All right, so that's still fucking good. And it was his defense so bad? It was so atrocious? I feel like Ken was just saying that everything across the board sucked. He had two steals and a block, but, but dude, I mean, he did have eight turnovers. That was awful. <laughs> and, 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 again, this is a meaningless stat, but he was a plus one in the loss. There you go. If, they were, <laughs> if the whole team was R.J. Barris, we would have won. That's right. Here's J.J. What's up, guys? It's JJ from Long Island. Um, want to talk a little bit about summer league, how it's been going? 
a few points. Kevin Knox has been, you know, uh, he's showing up exactly the way I hoped he would. He's knocking down threes. He looks like the, the Kevin Knox from the last summer league. Hopefully it actually translates into the season this time. You know, I, I do have faith. It really looks like the game has slowed down a lot for him, which is just really great to see. He has some fresh legs under him. I think that he's going to have a, a pretty impactful season this year. I'm very hopeful for that. Mitchell Robinson is still the GOAT. He's still Mitchell Robinson. And then we got to talk about R.J. Barrett, who, you know, Listen, at least the second summer league game, you saw that he clearly was trying to facilitate more and he had his head up a little more, which is good. You know, hence the eight turnovers, which isn't so good. But, you know, I think that I, I really think that will all come to him. You know, like it, I think it's also okay as a Knicks fan to be a little worried that he's playing like crap. And, you know, it's like a little reminiscent of Tim Hardaway Jr. in some ways. And I know it's like slander, but, you know, it's just, it's scary at some points. Anyways, uh, Iggy though. Now, Iggy's a good player. Iggy is definitely going to have an impact. You know, he's knocking down threes. He's got great touch with both hands. He's an aggressive guy. He's clearly a competitor. And that's not to take away from RJ, but Iggy is clearly just he's showing him out right now. All right, boys, have a good one. Uh, what's there to say? <laughs> I, like, I like how he said the game is slowed down for Kevin Knox. Of course it's slowed down for Kevin Knox. He just finished playing an 82-game season in the NBA. Now he's playing Summer League where half the guys are just trying to crack into an NBA team. Of course it's slowed down for him. <laughs> it literally has. That's what everybody says about these young guys. It's slowing down. The game's slowing down. Right. Well, I understand that like in the course of an NBA season, you know, when you, when you can see that. But it better fucking slow down for him coming into Summer League. Then we got this, your favorite. Oh, yeah, you know who it is. If we man Russell, elbow's going to be dropped. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know what that meant. I mean, you know, all I was right. I was going to say to you, this is great. We got, like, all new voicemail callers. Like, I didn't recognize one caller this time. It's all new people. And then we got to get Macho Man back in there. He called himself Russell? He did? I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. He didn't hear it? I don't want. I don't need to hear it again. All right. Well, we got a new summer league game tonight, Barry. You pumped? Who are we playing? You know? Yeah, we're playing Toronto, the defending NBA champs. But this is R.J. Barrett's chance to prove the doubters wrong. R.J., everybody says you are done. Didn't R.J. say after the first game that like there's no way he's gonna have a performance like that in game two? Said his shot's gonna fall in the next game, and I believed yeah. him. But you want that, Barry. You fucking want that. He's got to think do. that way. Just like you he, want to hear Iggy he saying. How should like, he feel? I'm, my shot's probably going to be shit again the next game. Yeah, No, you want the confidence. Just like Iggy says he feels like he's the best player on the court all the time. But he is. He, is <laughs> he was player. last night. <laughs> all right, guys. That's going to do it for the show. Remember, you can email us. It's a hardnextlife at gmail.com. You can call us at 516-33-MESH-1. And you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or a nice, nicely written review on iTunes. We yeah, love it. you guys, listen, a lot of you came through big time, right, Barry? That's right, yeah. We all, begged all and pleaded for reviews and ratings. We didn't beg that hard. I think we did. I, we, I actually cut a lot of the begging out because it was pathetic. And you know I did. <laughs> We begged for like five minutes, and then we were like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> but guys, keep them coming. If it, We should have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new ratings this week. Keep them coming. They are very important. 
Okay, that's enough. To the success of our show. Is that enough? Yeah. You're cutting me off? Yes. And don't forget to subscribe. All right, guys, enjoy the Summer League game tonight. Any parting words, Barry? No, no, but yeah, enjoy it. You know, take from it what you will. But remember, there's no more games after these next two for quite some time. So enjoy these. Grasp at something that makes you feel good about the Knicks. Don't just, don't dwell on how shitty our players look. Look at the positives. So the glass is half full, right, Barry? That's right. You want to look at Iggy's hair and take something from that? Fine. Iggy gave us one great game. He, he could suck the rest of the way. He gave us hope. He had one great game. Barrett, he can wipe away these two games with a semi-decent performance. Give Ken from, where was he from? Boca Raton? No, that was, give Ken from wherever he was from something, anything, because according to him, RJ, you sucked across the board. Barry and I don't believe that, but that's what Ken says. All right, guys, that's it. It is a hard Knicks life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.